God's works finished from the foundation of the world. God's works were finished from the foundation of the world. Hebrews 4 verse 3. Before the world came into being in a physical reality, God's works were already finished. God created the world in the unseen realm and then breathed life into this realm so it became visible. What already was in the unseen became visible for all to see in the seen. Hebrews 11.3 Everything in God already exists, but it exists in the realm of the spirit, the unseen. It exists in his kingdom and in his kingdom as a kingdom of the spirit. Hence, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 to 18 talks about not looking at the seen, but the unseen. It says the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We are to be seeing and receiving the eternal word, the mana, the food, Christ himself, if we are to be built the way God intends and live the life he expects. Failure to see will have us living for the temporal, the earthly. Maybe this is why so many people are. Colossians 3-2 says, We are to set our minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. The things that are on the earth are temporal. God wants us to see in the eternal. So we live from this place while on the earth. This is how we live the overcoming life now, by seeing and receiving what is in the eternal. Let's look at two examples of this eternal sight or perspective, which totally revolutionizes our lives now, today, and would have us living in the life we are called for. Ephesians 1, 3-5 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. He predestined us to adoption as sons, through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. If this was to be our true reality and understanding, it would completely destroy all the identity issues that everyone struggles with. To know we have been predestined by God, by his active choice of his will, his intent, his purpose, to be his sons, would literally eradicate any self-identity fears, chains, and bondage. To know without any doubt, and to have a fully convinced heart and mind that God chose us in himself before the foundation of the world, because all his works were finished before the foundation of the world, would completely revolutionize and transform every posture of lack in us. What would our life look like if we carried this living revelation? What would a church look like if it carried this revealed position? It and we would look sound and act like we are supposed to, Christ-like. Let's look at the second example. Revelation 13.8 All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. Question. Why am I worried about my life when it is already written in the book of life? This is another incredible truth that we as the church are to come into a revealed position of. A revealed position is an eternal position, seeing the unseen. If we are in Christ, Ephesians 1, 4-5, Revelation stipulates then 
Our names are already written in the book of life. We know we have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. Then we know our names are in the book of life. To know this now is so life-altering and changing. It propels us into life abundantly because this revelation occurs on the inside of us. The confidence we have in Christ Jesus is so powerful and captivating that we only know one way, and that is forward. These people literally become an unstoppable and immovable force. The gates of Hades do not overpower these followers of Jesus because what's greater in them is greater than the one in the world. Our entire focus is Christ. Knowing, revelation, that God's works were finished from the foundation of the world and that because of these works, we were already chosen to be a son of God and our names are written in the book of life is to define all of our lives now, our identity, our purpose, priorities, passions, destiny, diet, focus, decisions, get all channeled through this eternal lens. Wow, how life on earth would be radically different for the church if this was the case. And if this was the case, what would the world look like because of the impact the church is having on the earth? It's mind-blowing. The world might just know Jesus was sent for them because of the love, the oneness that the church has come into and demonstrates. God declares the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46.10. God says it's all done, complete, and then he starts outworking the plan in alignment to the end, the predestined conclusion. The end purpose is unchangeable, just like God, Hebrews 6.17. And he cannot lie. If he says it is finished, it is, and we must come into this understanding. All things have come into being through Jesus Christ, and nothing has come into being except through Jesus Christ. John 1, 1 1-4 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The last book, the book of Revelation, is about the word Jesus Christ himself and the revelation of what is in Jesus. Jesus is at the beginning of it all. God declares the end from the beginning. God the Father created everything from and through the eternal Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 1 1-2 As scripture says, Jesus was with the Father at the beginning. And then the Spirit activated what was created in the unseen realm. God breathed the breath of life, and the world that was in the eternal, unseen, came into being, into full view. Hebrews 11.3 By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Jesus is the word, and Jesus and his words are eternal. 1 John 1, 1 1-2 John 6, 68, and all things have come and been created through him and for him. Colossians 1, 15 to 17, for he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. 
All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. When Jesus said it is finished in John 19.30, he was sealing up what had already been finished before the foundations of the world. He was fulfilling what had already been prophesied in himself. Just like he fulfilled the law and didn't do away with it, he was fulfilling what already was finished from the foundation of the world. This is what the scripture means when it says his works were finished from the foundation of the world in Hebrews 4 verse 3. This is exactly the same truth for us. We are perfect, but being made perfect. I am in him and becoming into being in him. This knowledge creates so much confidence, passion, strength, and life in Christ that we leave all things to be wholeheartedly abandoned to him and his will. We are overflowing with his power to live for his will. Nothing and no one can rob us of this transformational knowledge and no one can stop it being formed because it is of Jesus Christ, the eternal one, the eternal word. This is what Paul meant when he wrote Philippians 1.6. For I am confident of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Jesus sees the end of our lives in the book of life our place in his father's house, spending eternity with him. And Jesus also sees the beginning, that we have been chosen in him before the foundation of the earth, and he will perfect the middle part until the day of his return. He will perfect us into the very thing we are at the start and at the end. The goal is to become who we are at the end, which is who we were at the start because it's our present which defines the promise. The middle part is the sanctificational process of discovering who we are already in Christ and living from this new place of identity. This is the life of righteousness. It's in the living of this life upon the earth that we receive our eternal reward. As we have mentioned, God starts with the end in mind as the author and perfecter of his end and then goes to the beginning. The end defines our beginning and our middle. So by the time we get to the end, we have started well and have matured the middle to receive all of our inheritance. We have come into the life we were always destined for before the foundations of the earth. Galatians 4, 1-7 is a classic example of not coming into the position of sonship that we are to come into in Christ. We remain as a child, as a slave, even though we are in fact heirs, and heirs before the foundation of the world. It is from this position that we truly get to see the role of prophecy from God's perspective on prophecy. If all of God's works were finished from the foundation of the world, then what is the role of prophecy? Prophecy foretells what already exists in God in the unseen realm. It is to proclaim, preach, teach, declare, testify to this finished work in Jesus Christ, the eternal. That is for us as his people, as his possessions, as his children. John 1.3 The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is what Revelation says. Everything Jesus has done, everything he has accomplished, sits in the eternal. This is the place that we are to prophesy from. 
the place where everything has been done, finished. This is the pattern we see from the beginning, all the entire way until the end. The message, the entire message, has its foundations in this eternal reality. And what is finished is what sits in the eternal. This is to be declared so the church can receive this word, accept it, believe it. So this word performs its work in us. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 It's from this place that verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians 2 outworks itself. Verse 14 For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus. This passage relates to verses 5 and 6 from chapter 1, as well as verse 9 and 10. The prophets foretold of what already was. Isaiah spoke of Jesus. Isaiah 6 verse 1, Isaiah 53 verse 5. Abraham spoke of Jesus. John 8 56, just like David did, Acts 2 31. Jesus himself was constantly foretelling the future, so his followers came to receive what was from being spoken and come into the eternal life of Christ within them. Matthew 13, 35 is a beautiful scripture that supports this reality. Verse 35, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. Mark 10, 32-34 is another passage of scripture where Jesus foretells them what needs to happen to them and yet they don't hear him in the way of the Spirit, which enables them to live the way they should have. This is a constant pattern unfolding and it is absolutely no different today. The exact same reality happens today in his body. Followers aren't hearing or seeing or understanding the word of God, the prophetic word of God. Mark 13, 23, Mark 14, 21, Mark 14, 27 to 31, and Mark 16, verse 7 are all other examples of the same thing. Because we can't hear or see, we fail to take hold of what Jesus took hold of for us, which is Philippians 3, 13. We fail to experience this amazing, all-knowing, all-freedom life that exists in the eternal. We fail to possess what is rightly ours, even though we have been given it. And so we live as orphans, as slaves, even though positionally we are heirs. We must pursue and come into the reality that exists in Christ, the eternal one. We must come into a realized reality, rather some intellectual or mental understanding agreement that says we know it, but we don't. Look at these passages in John. John 3, 11 to 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? John 3, 31 to 34, He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He comes from heaven, is above all. What he has seen and heard, of that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has set his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. There are patterns to each of these passages which relate to one another, 
And it's essential that we operate from these patterns so we aren't left not accepting what we are hearing. In John 3, 11 to 12, Jesus says we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. In John 3, 31 to 34, Jesus speaks or testifies to what he has seen and heard from above. Jesus speaks and testifies to what is in the eternal realm, the kingdom realm. He speaks the words of God, for God has sent him to speak his words and be a mouthpiece for the living word. Some, it says, don't receive his testimony, and some do receive his testimony. He speaks of what is, and so are we, to speak of the same reality. This very word is prophetic because it is giving life to the reality that exists in the spiritual kingdom that exists on the earth, the eternal, in the Christ. What we know, see, and hear, we are also to prophesy and proclaim into the earth. So those who have ears to hear can receive this food source and partake of it, causing spiritual transformation. Prophecy is speaking of a future reality that already exists from God's perspective because God's works were finished before the foundation of the earth. We can know the future because God foretells us the future through being in his son, Jesus Christ. Everything that Jesus has already accomplished the true work of the Spirit is the posture that all prophecy is to be spoken from. Revelation 19.10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Unfulfilled or unrealized prophecy, the testimony of Jesus, is God's will waiting to be revealed in and to us. John 14.28-29, you heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. Mark 16, 11. When they heard he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. Verse 12 and 13. After that, he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along on their way to the country. They went away and reported it to the others, but they did not believe them either. How is this unbelief possible? How can Jesus tell them plainly what is going to happen? And when it happens, they are in disbelief or unbelief. The answer lies in Mark 16, 14. Afterward, Jesus appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. The challenge for man is to believe in the reality that man speaks of, that is of Christ. The eleven didn't believe in Mary Magdalene's account of what she saw, or the testimony of what the two disciples on the road to Emmaus saw, and Jesus reproached them for this posture. Only when Jesus literally turns up on the scene and encounters the disciples in person will they actually realize that what they had heard through Mary and the two disciples was in fact true. It doesn't need to be this way, but for most of us it is because of the hardness of our hearts. This is the very thing Jesus reproaches them for, their hardness of heart. Because of their hardness of heart, they were in unbelief 
A hard heart leads to unbelief, and unbelief leads to no spiritual life. Do we carry the mind of Christ that says we can know the future now? 1 Corinthians 2, 9-10 The Holy Spirit's role is to lead us into all of truth. Jesus said it's best for us if I go, so I can send the Spirit to lead you. John 16, 7, John 14, 26, John 16, 12 to 15. We can know all things that are found in the Christ, which are for us. This word revealed in and to us by God will build his life within us, which is the goal. We are to be transformed into the likeness, his maturity, as we are preparing for our marriage covenant with Christ. We are to live from the finished work of God and not towards it. God's words create God's world, his kingdom, as he says it and sees it. He speaks what is already established, and it is our role to hear, understand, and see what is already finished, receive it, and have it manifested through our lives. Prophecy is God declaring what he has already established spiritually before we see it manifested naturally. God's word is God declaring what he has already established spiritually before we see it manifested naturally. It is important that we understand and live from the finished work of the cross. God said, my works were finished from the foundation of the earth.